0: This episode of EMS One Stop is brought to you by Lexapol, the experts in policy, training, wellness support, and grants assistance. For first responders and government leaders to learn more, visit Lexapol.com. That's L-E-X-I-P-O-L.com. How
1: would I feel about being selected? It was definitely an honor. Um, all of us, I think, in EMS, especially those that are promoting to management, really want to be able to make a difference in medicine. That's something that we're all out to do. Honestly, Every provider is out to make a difference, but to actually be recognized for it, which you don't always get the opportunity to have, it makes it that much more of an honor to be selected for something like this. Honestly, it's like I said earlier, it's something that we all dream of doing, but not all of us get to be recognized for something like this and actually get to be here in real life promoting your department, looking snazzy and representing yourself to this degree especially
0: from a a rural town. Hello and welcome back to another edition of EMS One Stop. I'm your host, Rob Lawrence. And this week, I'm in Washington, D.C., up on the hill at the American Ambulance Association Stars of Life. Uh, We've got some fantastic interviews, segues and clips coming up for you today. Uh, First of all, I've got the president of the American Ambulance Association, Randy Strozik, who will be joining me as we go through. We're going to meet AAA's medical director, Dr. Jared Troutman, and also uh, go up onto the hill and uh, look at some congressional visits that have been going on over the last couple of days. So, as promised in my introduction, I'm now here and I'm delighted to be talking to the president of the American Ambulance Association, Randy Strozik. Randy, good morning, good and uh, uh, how is your energy level?
2: You know, first of all, it it is such a high you have. We're all on last night, our awards banquet and our opportunity to get together and one more time to recognize all our stars. So today, getting back up, I'm a little tired and I've lost some voice, but uh, I'm beyond thrilled. I'm just pumped up, seriously.
0: Great. Now you are a man and I've watched you over the years. You wear your heart on your sleeve and you get emotional because of the, just the, the gravity of these, these events. But, uh, you know, how have the emotions been this week?
2: You know, it it is ecstatic. <clears throat> you know, when the stars come across the stage and you've gotten to know them a little bit last night and you shake their hand and you speak with them and you remember the little tidbits of their life. It is, it's really a gift. And, uh, it's an opportunity for me to remember what it is day to day these folks do and they meet their family members and hear all the things they do. I can't replace it.
0: When we welcome our stars and other EMS providers to the Hill, of course, they're very modest. And sometimes they, they, they don't want to actually tell, tell of the amazing things they're doing. But, of course, they have an amazing story to tell.
2: Well, they do, and here's a—it's—it's it's a natural trait. The first visitor or two, they're kind of quiet. You have to kind of prod them out of their stories. But as they get comfortable with the visit, and again, our congressmen and senators and staff are so receptive to them. By the second or third visit, they are very dynamic, and some of the most quiet ones are come right out of their shell and tell great stories about their life and what they do and why they're here and what it means to them to serve their communities. It it is, it's just miraculous to watch. And sometimes we make a little fun of them because the really quiet ones get really animated.
0: So the stars that have arrived here, we have a record number, but also not only from the continental United States.
2: No, we, and we've always brought a star from Trinidad and Tobago, where we have an operation down there, and it's always get a great chance to, for them to come to America, and we, they see their ambassador, and they see our nation's capital, and we get to hear about their family and their life in another part of the world. So, you know, maybe next year we'll get some folks over from your part of the land that, you know, speak English not exactly right.
0: The kings, absolutely. Well, 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 we'll work on that. So here, here's our first uh, invite if you're watching in Europe and yes. the UK and you want to send uh, people here to Stars of Life to be recognized for doing what is an international job of saving life and actually s- stopping the suffering and doing just an amazing thing for citizens. Come on over. It's an amazing time. And you get to see the great capital that is Washington, D.C. Yes,
2: it would be. we would be honored to have them. Okay, so there's
0: an invite from President Strozik. But getting back to the politics, of course, yes. uh, we've uh, been on the Hill, we've been in front of elected officials and, of course, and their staff. And it's vitally important to realise that uh, sometimes you may not see the elected official themselves, but, of course, the staff are the ones that brief the, the elected officials, that perhaps write the speeches, that have some degree of influence. And so we're seeing everybody. But what are the, the key bills that we are supporting and promoting this year?
2: Well, we have three areas of legislation that are really critical. First and foremost, because there's a time issue, is the VA legislation. This is to ask the VA to postpone the implementation of a, on February 16th of next year, where all VA trips, emergent VA trips, would be paid at Medicare rates. We know that that is not sustainable. That will have a massive impact across America for the ability for services to be able to sustain in today's really difficult times, as we all know. There is a House bill and a Senate bill, same language, has bipartisan support in both cases. So we're just working through the process of getting that completed. So that is first and foremost. Congresswoman Perez from Washington uh, State District 3 has done a phenomenal bill on the House side, which we're working on on the Senate side, to put $50 million towards training for new EMTs and EMS staff. And we're looking at that to be a means of, you know, where's our next generation? Where are we gonna do to make life easier? You and I have talked about many times the old tradition of work all day and then go to, to school at night to become an EMT. That needs more assistance today. We have to find new and innovative ways to train our incoming generation of EMS providers. So we're very pleased about that. And then our extenders that we have for our Medicare supplemental payments will expire next year. And we're working right now. There's a-
0: Sorry, this is deja vu. How many times have we extended the extenders by trying to extend them?
2: Oh, I been doing this for 20 some years so uh those will come into play we don't think that'll be past this year it would be great if it did santa claus could bring us something but we'll be working through that into next year to bring those and get those completed by the end of next year ours extenders expire december 31st of 24 so we want to get that done and in the interim we'll also be on the hill talking about you know other issues that come about readiness uh you know changes and shortages of medication we've we've worked with continuously so it you know our legislative session in 24 will be busy it's an election year so that'll make it you know give us extra challenges but i have to say there has been nothing more powerful than taking our stars on the hill and whether they meet an ld a staff person or they meet a senator or congressperson it tells our story and reminds these folks what it is our people do day to day
0: So talking of telling our story, uh, yesterday uh, President Strozić, myself and a few others had a chance to go up uh, into the Senate and we had an amazing underground tour of uh, the inner workings of the Senate uh, to present the Legislator of the Year to Senator Bill Cassidy and thanks to the power of the edit and the fact that we're going to do this in post, here's the clip of uh, Randy presenting uh, the Senator with his award.
2: So on behalf of the... Thousand plus members of the Association of Independent Companies Across America, we want to present this award to you. And we want you to know that whatever your office needs and help and support from us, we're right there for you. But thank you is two cute words. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you.
3: It is a great honor to receive this award uh, for, let me read it, Legislator of the Year for his dedicated leadership and commitment to champion emergency medical services. As I see that, I'm actually championing the work of these two and hundreds of thousands like you, probably, uh, who are the beginning of the healing process. When somebody is hurt, somebody is wounded, somebody is scared, it is the EMT that first touches that patient and that begins to, to transport her into the healthcare system where the rest of the healthcare system can then kick into what it does. But it would not start unless it begins with you. And so to be able to advocate for the good work that you do, I feel like I'm serving patients not as a physician, but as a legislator, but in a way almost as important as that which you do and what the physician does. So thank you for the award and it is an honor to receive.
0: So that was a a fantastic moment. I'm so pleased we were up to actually be up there to film that. uh, But talk about our Legislator of the Year.
2: Well, Bill Cassidy from Louisiana is a doctor. So when you talk to Senator Cassidy, he speaks about the importance of that. We, we in EMS, are healthcare providers. You know, for many, maybe historical, you talked about transportation that we transported patients. Well, yes, that's what we do. But you know, we're the front line of EMS. We're the first one at the family's bedside the person's bedside and be it the emergent call be it the transfer be whatever it is it's being recognized of our place and senator cassidy totally understands that and spoke to that yesterday and he's and to have a, a of his stature and his training and his knowledge understand it really starts to convey the message that you know what EMS is and who we are. And then as I've, I know how many times you and I have talked about it, think about when COVID hit. You know, at two o'clock in the morning, we were the ones that came and we had to deal with a whole new level of challenges. Not only COVID, but we had to deal with the fact that people didn't want to go to the hospital. So we were providing levels of care that way, interfacing, making sure people had connections. So I see that as a bright future to how EMS will progress in the next decade.
0: Wonderful. So that's an amazing assessment of uh, Stars of Life and uh, President Randy Strozik. Thank you very, very much indeed for, uh, for joining us. My thanks to uh, President Strozik. And uh, don't forget, uh, you can hear us on Apple Podcasts. You can also see us uh, on video via YouTube. So if you're listening to us, go over to YouTube, because not only do you get uh, the interviews, you can also see the images, the graphics, and actually keep up with what's been going on up here in Washington, D.C. Did you know that the American Ambulance Association has a medical director? Because we're not just transport, we know that, we're actually mobile healthcare. We actually have everything on the back of the truck except the emergency department uh, bed. What better a time to introduce our medical director, Dr. Jared Troutman? Welcome, sir. Thank you. Congratulations, you are the first medical director. And so what's your role and uh, what are you going to do with us here at the American Ambulance Association? Yes, so it's
1: been great. So I sat as part of the board of directors with the AAA and as the medical director and specifically get to give some medical input because all of our leaders has recognized that EMS is not just a transport company anymore. We are actually a healthcare provider. So sometimes it's important to have a doctor
0: to give feedback on that and to help steer where our discussion needs to go. As we all know, we are here at uh, the American Ambulance Association, Stars of Life. And uh, have you been on the Hill? And obviously, you've got the words MD after your name. So obviously, what you've got to say to our elected officials carries a lot of weight.
1: Yes, I've always really enjoyed lobbying, both on state level and here in our nation's capital. So been there many times, talked to many of our folks on driving, how we can best uh, give our providers what they need to take care of our patients at home.
0: Excellent. And so one of the things I wanted to ask you as well, and this is sort of not outside of AAA, but obviously, you know, flu season is coming along. Uh, we may, you know, have different variants variants, and spikes of COVID. Uh, what should uh, not only our providers, but to the general public be thinking right now? So it's really important to get a new COVID vaccine.
1: Right now we're looking probably every six months whenever we the variants change. So very important to get a COVID vaccine as well as a flu vaccine. And one of the newer ones on the market is the RSV vaccine. A little more particular on who should get that certainly as we get older in life or uh, pregnant, but there are some other specific things that you should talk to your individual healthcare provider about
0: and consider that as well. So I'm going to step outside of your American Ambulance Association role. Obviously, you are a physician with AMR, GMR, and you're also doing some really important pre-hospital things. And of course, one of the, some of the legislation we've been talking about has been treatment in place, um, transport to alternate destinations, nurse navigation, etc. And you're knee deep in that, right? I'm very deep in it. I'm really passionate about patients call
1: 911 looking for solutions to a problem. And that solution is not always an ambulance and taking them to an emergency department. So we try to impact their care differently, especially lower acuity patients, because we now have all the technology and tools to treat them in place with our paramedics and EMTs on site, or even treat them utilizing a navigation program from the 911 system from the PSAP and maybe get them to an urgent care or a virtual care doctor where they can be cared for right in their home. Patients love it. And the best thing is it really puts the E back in EMS and allows us to save our emergent resources
0: for those patients that need those most. Excellent. Putting the E back in EMS. Excellent. But also, don't forget, we are the M in EMS as well. This is medical. And uh, don't forget that. We saw the demise of uh, ET3 or the discontinuance of ET3. And obviously, that was one of our great hopes to have all of this funded. But of course, it doesn't mean we can't do it. If providing you're you're, you're talking to your your payer and you have the sort of precondition set, you can actually get on and do it. And I think that's what you guys are doing, right? Yeah, so
1: we're doing that. But also what we found is by, giving a different solution to our lowest acuity of patients, it really gives us operational efficiencies into our EMS system. So we show decreased dry run rates. We see better levels of reimbursement by patients who are having higher acuity emergencies. So it really right sizes the system and makes it better, not just for the operation, but ultimately to the citizens. So they have better
0: availability of those emergent resources when they need them. And that brings us right back to uh, some of the legislation that both AAA and also NAMT are pursuing, which of course is TIP, treatment in place, and TAD, transport to alternate destinations. In other words, the patient doesn't need to go to the ED, even though that's the perverse perversity of reimbursement for EMS. Of course, we only get paid when we take the patient somewhere, but of course, there's lots of alternatives if we're creative.
1: Yeah, no, it's definitely a difficult problem. And what I think is great is we have so many people from different aspects looking at this and really are driving some effective change. We've already seen lots of change so far, and I think we will continue to see uh, great change over the coming years.
0: Dr. Troutman, AAA's first medical director, the only one. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you, sir. Pleasure to be
0: here. Thank you for that. We're just going to take a second to have a message from our sponsor.
2: Lexapol empowers first responders and public servants to best meet the needs of their residents safely and responsibly. Serving more than 2 million public safety and government professionals in over 8,000 agencies and municipalities, Lexapol offers a range of solutions that includes policies, training, behavioral health resources, news and analysis, and grant assistance services for law enforcement, fire and rescue, EMS, local government and other agencies dedicated to public safety. To learn more visit lexapol.com. That's L E X I P O L dot
0: com. And we're back. Don't forget to like and subscribe. But if you're watching us on YouTube, just hit the like button. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, look at your phone. There's a little check mark there where you can actually check that. That means you've liked, you're subscribed, And every time an episode drops, then we'll get notification that we're here. Also, get a chance to give us five stars and please, an amazing review. Here on uh, Capitol Hill with uh, Sean Baird. And uh, Sean, you have been uh, a part of the uh, balance billing uh, process for the last, uh, I've forgotten now how long. But uh, um, we had a good hearing, uh, a good uh, session this last week. But uh, some takeaways from you.
4: Yeah, the Gap Back Federal Committee wrapped up its work last week in in our public meetings, and I think we came out with some incredibly solid recommendations for the industry. Uh, First and foremost, that we will be coming back to Congress with a recommendation that ground ambulance not be rolled into the No Surprises Act, that that indeed would be devastating to the industry and to access for care. Following that, we agreed on a lot of foundational work, um, definitions, the scope of what ground ambulance really is and encompasses and we'll be coming forth with a recommendation for how to protect patients from uh, balanced bills but also preserve the industry and foremost preserve access to care.
0: So we had the meeting, we had the votes, positions have been taken, what's the timeline now to, uh, to achieve next steps and ultimate
4: decisions? Well, we are looking at probably a release of the report uh, in late February, early March, so Congress will get their hands on it then. Between now and then, the committee is continuing to convene uh, in uh, uh, meetings to fine-tune the uh, verbiage of the report, what data is included, excluded, and and, uh, then we anticipate coming up to Capitol Hill to talk about the issue.
0: Excellent. So watch this space. It's going to happen uh, very, very quickly, we hope. And back to you. That was my uh, report, commentary and interviews from Capitol Hill here at the American Ambient Association Stars of Life. Once again, don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, And uh, that's about all for now. Uh, I've been Rob Lawrence. This has been EMS One Stop from Washington, D.C. And until next time, bye for now.